Welcome to the Small Business Podcast. We bring you weekly information, practical skills, and mentorship from industry professionals. This podcast is powered by T, an initiative that has directly impacted over 50,000 plus small businesses nationwide. This podcast is for small business owners who want to start, run, and grow their business. Follow us on all our social media platforms. Hashtag join us for tea. Every Wednesday is a new podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today, man. You're joining us in for episode number seven. It's been a beautiful journey. Um, seven episodes in. Someone was saying to me the other day that um, <clears throat> the moment we hit 21 episodes, <laughs> because the drop-off of people recording podcasts is so high. The moment we reach 21 episodes with this podcast, we are now part of the 1% who stayed long enough. So um, totally useless information to you, but very encouraging to me. Um, I've got a fantastic gentleman in the studio who is who has done quite a bit in the entrepreneurial ecosystem and quite a bit in and itself is an understatement. And I think in the conversation that I'm going to be chatting with him, you'll sort of unpack, you'll sort of be sort of be able to unpack the work that they've done with uh, Growth Wheel. Um, we've got we've got an amazing gentleman by the name of Hilton Tennyson, um, an amazing jet, amazing jet, sort of an inside joke there. But who who runs Growth Wheel South Africa? They've been operating for. Um, six years and being able to offer 300 plus entrepreneurial support, um, organizational partners, 30,000 plus um, startups and medium sized businesses. They've been able to offer support um, to 100 plus incubators and accelerators, create 100,000 new jobs. Um, 500, 500 plus ED and SD ecosystem partners. And he's a very humble gentleman because the list goes on and on and on. He didn't want me to mention other amazing, cool things. So I think we'll sort of just unpack that in the journey. So by way of introduction, good day. How are you, sir? Sure, this is such a cool opportunity. I mean, like, I'm, I'm actually nervous. I'm sitting with you and I have to get my English right. <laughs> no, 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 definitely not. Maybe, maybe, maybe we could start in the chat, um, Hilton. Just tell us a bit about who you are, where you're from. Dude, let me just say, um, congrats, number seven. I'm so, this is number seven, right? Yeah, this is number seven. Yeah. Number seven is a lucky number yeah. for lots of people. You know, it's also the start of great new things. So all the best to you. The T, of course, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan. Uh, maybe that's why I'm fantastic, because I'm always fans of other people's work. Yeah. <laughs> and inspired by that. Um, but, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I, I started my business in a, in, in a township <laughs> where I grew up. Yeah. It's called Raven's Mead. You know, we'd like to call it Tearflay until we were renamed <laughs> as the Ravens Meet. You know, if you take those two words, it means something. Um, but that's where I grew up, did my schooling, um, and then, um, uh, you know, tried to study civil engineering and went into retail and found my way into the tech world um, and started my own business in 98 um, as a training company. Uh, later became an open source uh, ISP. And then uh, because I love the world of open source and what it can do for South Africa, while well, it was first Cape Town and then South Africa and the rest of Africa and the world, 
uh, joined Mark Shuttleworth in promoting open source around the world. Um, and then I moved to Joburg because it was easier, you know, to travel from here to the rest of uh, Africa and the world. Um, and and uh, and then you know started a business in in um, in the education sector with an international company here. Um, and then uh, you know we incorporated uh, Growthwheel in two thousand and six in. August, September 2006. In fact, on this day, six years ago in 2015, we hosted our first session with a group of ecosystem builders at uh, Cedars offices. And we had a vast amount of um, entrepreneurship ecosystem builders in the room uh, that was trained by myself and my partner, David Muddy. Um, and then over the years, we've, we've, we've continued to gain the support from entrepreneurship support organizations, as well as enterprise, you know, supply development business units within corporates uh, to use our framework um, and our tools and our cloud platform with uh, entrepreneurs and business owners in, in South Africa. Um, and so that's my little short journey. I've, I've, I've found 10,000 ways on how not to do it. <laughs> so I often share my, my mistakes and, and some really big ones, um, you know, with people that I talk to. Um, and I think, you know, that's the magic of entrepreneurship uh, ecosystem is that entrepreneurs grow because they learn from others. Um, and so we've taken that to another level. We were discovered by uh, a competitor because uh, we were a consulting firm um, helping entrepreneurs, particularly in the tech ecosystem, um, about a decade ago. Um, and, uh, and they felt that our framework you know, makes sense for other business advisors, mentors, management consultants, coaches to use the same. And, yeah. and, and, and out of that evolved you know, a business-to-business model yeah. uh, where instead of where we go to the consumer, the entrepreneur, we would go through the intermediary uh, and enable that entrepreneur, uh, intermediary to kind of support entrepreneurs, you know, similar to T. Yeah. And so now we in 69 countries, we just added on uh, South Korea. So for all the Korean fans out there, yes, they're also now part of the Squid Game. I mean, like, growth Now, <laughs> <laughs> Hilton, I think when you sort of started out, you spoke about open source. Maybe to the layman listener like me, mm. um, what is open source? Well, you know, software, when it was initially kind of founded, you know, people, you know, started doing stuff with, with, you know, tech, uh, you know, little devices, people wrote code. And the early founders of, of, of the computer ecosystem, they shared things with one another because they didn't know, you know, what is the right thing, right? Um, and, and uh, you know, over the years, particularly in the 70s, um, people from all around the world, you know, they, they, they were sharing code, binary with one another to make these, these uh computers talk to one another. Um, and so they were sharing code and they were developing productivity software, you know, operating software and productivity software that they could use for mainframe servers and eventually then, of course, onto computers. Um, so open source is really just, you know, the community of people that wants to solve a problem for themselves. So develop a little app 
that does mail, email, for example, and share that code so that other people can improve the software and the experience and make that available for anyone to use. Um, and out of that, over the years, hey, you know, um, there's uh, open source code is, is, is used in many, many applications. Um, you know, Mark Shuttleworth founded something called Ubuntu back mm. in 2002. The browser. No, Ubuntu, the distribution. Mm. In the distribution is an operating system called Linux, right? Mm. And mm. on the Linux platform, you have application software called openoffice.org and many other open source software. Now, Microsoft... Um, you know, they benefit out of, you know, people that were developing code and making this available. And they did it themselves. You know, I think Microsoft about two, three years ago released 60,000 uh, lines of open source code that is in the Microsoft platform. Uh, Apple, stuff that we like, <laughs> was completely built on open source software. So it is an enabler, you know, to almost for me when I started it was to breach the digital divide. You know, in the context of South Africa, um, we have huge digital divide. The cost of software forced people on the African <coughs> continent, for example, um, to pirate software. Mm, mm. Open source software you can just use, and it's so mainstream today, I mean, the world's best browsers. In fact, if you're using an Android phone, that's open source software. So it's an enabler for people that wants to start tech companies, uh, you know, cloud platforms, apps, um, or just use yeah. a software, you know, to browse the internet or type a document, yeah. uh, etc. So you know, I always felt back then that we could, we could leapfrog the rest of the world if we get school kids and university guys to use open source software. So. <coughs> I sort of asked that question to sort of unpack the knowledge which you have, but also deliberately because I've also found you as an open software of note in the entrepreneurial ecosystem because I think how freely you give of information, how freely you link entrepreneurs uh, with each other. And I think you're an ecosystem builder of note and, and that's what I've noted. But I, I, I'm sort of tempted to then ask, where did that sort of blueprint come from? Right, who opened the door for you, or or what? What was it that happened that said, you know what? Let me be in a place, but not be in a place and eat and live alone. But let me be in a space where I open up the door for everybody else because I won't lose my shine by shining someone else's light. Yeah, I you know I think it's 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 something that we discover, right? And it also has got to do with our own principles and ambitions, you know, and our aspirations. And so we can either go the kind of capture route or the value cre creation route, right? And we have in the world those kind of, uh, you know, individuals, right? 1% of all global, you know, or 60% of all global wealth is owned by 1% of the world. So that's the capture route. <laughs> and, you know, I, I've never really felt that in the area where I live that I should be the only one that comes out, you know, it's just a rough area. Um, and so as a first time entrepreneur in my family, I always felt that I had to send the love down, but also share the knowledge, you know, with others. Not everyone can get into a plane and fly to New York or wherever, right? But you've got to be an enabler because you didn't get there by yourself. 
right? And so it is something that I just discovered exists within me and perhaps comes from, you know, the days of, of, of the struggle, you know. Um, I, I learned many of these things in the uh, student association at my school, mm. you know, uh, and, and being a leader in that space uh, for my classroom and for the school that, that for us to change, we had to share the knowledge and had to share the skills and the opportunity. So that always existed within me. Uh, I am by I am, you know, because somebody else made me. In, and so, you know, that Ubuntuness is what makes us so South African. And if you can take that Ubuntuness into your craft, you know, and if your craft is in tech, then do that. You know, if your craft is in entrepreneurship ecosystem, then do that, right? Um, and I think more, more than ever before, if you look at the context of where South Africa is now economically, 74% youth unemployment, uh, 34% unemployment, about, um, what, 70% of South Africans, you know, are poor, so are living below $2 a day. Yeah. We cannot go into, you know, capture of the market. We've got to create value for others and we've got to send the love down. Um, and, and the cake is big enough, you know? Mm. Um, and so I've learned many, many things from people um, for where I worked, uh, you know, or where I've collaborated or has staff, you know? Um, and so I always felt that you could, you could grow from others, but as you grow from others, you've got to give back. Now, what, in your view, what do you feel and believe and through your years of experience is those sort of thwarting the growth of the entrepreneurial ecosystem and entrepreneurs and themselves in these ecosystems? There's, there's, there's a number of things because, you know, entrepreneurship, we're trying to understand and it's complex, right? Um, but what we do know is... For example, if you, if, if you look at religion, right? <laughs> religion has pastors, it has deacons, it has advocates, yeah, or not, ad, you know, deacons, it has what uh, elders, etc. And, and, and they kind of pull people into, into that ecosystem. Now, in the context of, of the entrepreneurship ecosystem globally, we have entrepreneurship support networks, and we have entrepreneurship support organizations. So ESNs, which is similar to what TEs, is create dialogue. It, it, it creates opportunities where people can be inspired by one another, right? And so we've seen over the last five years, you know, that ecosystem come up, you know, huge in, in South Africa. So you need ESNs, right? But then from ESNs, you've got to go to action. You know, someone has to hold that guy's hand and grow his business. And that is entrepreneurship support organizations. Now, there we have a number of organizations. We have the ministry. We have the agencies, local economic agencies. We have municipalities. We have um, business advisors, coaches, mentors, incubators, accelerators, and hubs. And each of those have their own role to play in working with entrepreneurs, you know, to grow their businesses. But we also have 
entrepreneurship academic institutions, you know, universities, colleges, uh, small business development centers, training centers. And all of this makes up a village where a business can grow. You know, we have a, a saying on the African continent, you know, it takes a village to grow a child, yeah. right? And so within the entrepreneurship ecosystem on the African continent, we need 10,000 plus entrepreneurship support organizations and entrepreneurship network organizations to help aspirational business owners and those big thinkers, the entrepreneurs, you know, the tech startups, the guys that really shift and big shift big problems, solve big problems. We need this ESNs and ESOs to help businesses grow. And I also understand that we, I don't grow alone. You know, yeah. I grow because you know, someone else has something that I need. Yes. Right? A construction company don't manufacture their sand. <laughs> mm. They mm. get it from somewhere, right? Um, and they get consultants somewhere, you know, professionals, etc. They get their bricks from somewhere. So if you understand the value chain, the value chain that eventually make up the product or the service that your customer, you know, find delight in, you know, and then uh, you make business, you know, that's where we kind of find that, you know, the entrepreneurship ecosystem work. Um, but of course, we're always going to have competition. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a new language in town um, and kind of globally is co-opetition. Okay. So as a business owner, you know, um, we now know that we can get gig workers, mm. right? Um, but what does that mean in the context of your business? Is that you have people with a certain skill and expertise that adds value into your value proposition to your paying customer. And so that in itself is collaborative, right? But if you see that is that, you know, that, you know, this is my way of capturing, of being the number one, you're missing the point, <laughs> you know, because ultimately if, you, if you're operating with a capture mentality, your customers will also feel that. Yeah. Now, I mean, you sort of mentioned it correctly, and I think the most recent stats is 60.1 million population of the country, 24 million of these individuals are earning grants, this yeah. including the 350, yeah. and the pensioners and the sorts, right? Yes. And a large, I mean, over 14 million to 16 million of these are unemployed. And then you sort of have a 16 million people who are in active employment. Yeah. But the reality is what you're mentioning, that even the ones who are in active employment, quite a large number of them are earning less than $2 a day. How then do we, and we have heard ministers and presidents talking about the backbone of our ecosystem, sorry, the backbone of our economy mm. is small business, right? So which is the one thing. Yeah. But how then do we then start to support these businesses because we've seen over the years enterprise supply development programs money going to those sort of programs money going towards various things mm -hmm. but you sort of map out the monies that has been spent versus <clears throat> versus the impact and output yeah. sort of not measuring out so i think people misunderstand the the power of small businesses globally there's about 8 billion people, right? Um, but globally, there's 600 million small businesses. They employ 
87% of the global workforce. Now, if you understand that as a government, <laughs> if you understand that as a corporate, you would understand the true value of small businesses. Now, small businesses in the context of South Africa is not well understood. We have about 600,000 plus small, formal small businesses, so they're registered, uh, 600,000, and we have about 1.8 million to 2 million informal businesses. Um, and, and people don't really understand the value of that. I mean, like, if you really think about how corporates benefit out of small businesses, you know, if you supply something to a corporate, you get paid in 30 days, 60 days, or 90 days. So what does that mean? Is that small businesses are actually the overdraft <laughs> of big business. Mm, actually. We, they carry big business, right? Um, but this, the corporate supply chain ecosystem is where the opportunities are created. Now, the one thing that we must remember as a South African society is that we're only 26 years old. We're an adolescent. We have made many mistakes, right? But it seems that we're, that we're scoring own goals and we don't learn from those mistakes. Recently, you'd have seen that, um, for example, the top 1,000 businesses that supply government, right? And government buys, I'm like, trillions of rands, right? It's the biggest buyer of yeah. services and yeah. product in South Africa. And the top 1,000, 100,000 are non-compliant businesses. But yet government, you know, has promulgated and, and actually have a regulator, <laughs> you know, for transformation of the supply chain. But if government that has this particular document, right, is not, is not implementing what they've said everyone else should do, you are not going to get the, the change in corporate supply chain, mm. right? Mm. So I think it starts with government and 30% is not enough. Yeah, the right? quota. It's not enough, Yeah, right? The unemployed in South Africa, right? We have, and we've got to, unfortunately, we've got to look at, you know, how we are classified, <laughs> right? But the unemployment numbers are a lot bigger in your low wealth communities. And so I don't call township, you know, I don't like using the word township. I grew up in one. Uh, poor communities, disadvantaged communities. I think if you if you if you have a negative word as a reference, you're always going to think from a poverty mindset. Okay. Right. Okay. But if we say low wealth, right? So Africa is a is is an ex is is a continent filled with wealth, <laughs> but yes, we always out with a begging with a begging hand. Mm. Right, mm. so Africa is a is a low wealth continent, right? But you can elevate to a medium wealth, to a high wealth continent, if you refer to us differently. So similarly for me, if you look at how many businesses came out of, um, and individuals came out of low wealth communities, you know, so you don't have to go far, Mandela came out of a low-wealth community. Mm. He's an icon today, 
right? So you're going to say the guy comes out of a township? No. Mm. <laughs> you know? He came out of a low-wealth community and is now in the way that we define, um, you know, the wealth of a country, which is the GDP, is a system that should also go. We should move to well-being. Think of Africa, South Africa as a well-being economy and that resources and opportunities are shared, right? We can't be... We can't be happy and we can't be proud of the South African economy if we only have 5 million people that is the potential market. Yeah, that is actually holding up. Those 5 million people, right? So when, when, when some, you know, often when an entrepreneur comes to me and says, I've got this great idea and I ask him, use his customers, he says South Africa. And I then ask him, do you know how many people have cash that they can spend with your business. All of South Africa, not really. We only have 15 million taxpayers <laughs> and we only have about 5 million people with 10,000, 100,000 rand cash. Now, now, Hilton, and I think you've sort of started solving not all the problems that the country has, but you started solving towards some of the problems with Growth Wheel. Yeah. Maybe tell us a bit about this innovative solution which you have through Growth Wheel. Um, I think it's, there's, there's less innovation than actually just taking the obvious and making it structured. Okay. Right? Uh, into a framework that everyone can use, right? Within their own um, organizations. So I, th I think the most disruptive part of Growth Wheel is that it is put together by a community that is our customers. We have not designed something new. We've only structured it. But we work from the premises of as, as business owners um, is that every morning I wake up with a thousand ideas. In those ideas, I have ambitions. Right, mm -hmm. I then select one or two or three ambitions because I can't do all of them. Right, then I do some research, <laughs> mm. uh, and then based on that research, you know, it could be a question that I, a conversation that I have with someone, or I Google something, or I read an article or a business thing, um, and then then take some of that data and I then make decisions. You know, that decision could be that I want to be, uh, I want to join T you know, because I need that to network with entrepreneurs. Then you've got to take action because the decision without an action, you know, is just loads of decisions. You don't move forward from that. So you've got to take action and then you measure those actions uh, with your outcomes. And that's how our entrepreneurs operate globally at any level. And so we've simply created a framework around this particular language and then made... Um, tools available for one-on-one -on -one business advisory. Now, our data tells us, and you can see globally, that business owners and businesses grow faster when they are connected to a business advisor, right? What we also know is that they grow faster or rather they grow organically when they're in a supportive network and a network where people collaborate one with one another. When you go from one space to the other, and the language and the tools that you have is almost the same. Because if you go from one, one conversation to another conversation, 
to another thing that, you know, it confuses you, right? And so we found that in among our 3,800 plus partners, you know, around the world is that entrepreneurs can go from one ecosystem builder to another, right? And that collaborative community is where the entrepreneur grow. Now in South Africa, um, we have about 300 plus partners. It includes corporates, uh, you know, private consultants, uh, entrepreneurship uh, um, incubators, accelerators, and hubs. Uh, we find that this helps business owners and particularly the community that serves them to collaborate with, with one another. And so we've developed a cloud platform and we launched that in South Africa in December 2015 at uh, Cedar and Hatfield. Um, and this is now used by over a million entrepreneurs around the world, but specifically with the people that look after them. Now, now Hilton, just two questions and you maybe let me ask the first and then I'll ask the other. Um, so when you sort of look at these, I think when you sort of look at these ecosystem partners or ecosystem networks, rather, let me yeah. call it that way, that are across South Africa, it's often been said that they operate in silos mm -hmm. and thus that then limits the growth. Do you think that it's still the case? And if it is, how then do we sort of work towards um, working towards an environment? I've been taking notes, actually, called petition yeah. um, as opposed to competition. Yeah. Um, it's maturity, right? And it's aspiration. And also understand your principles again. It goes back to that, you know, and understand that where we are as a society and as an economy, that it, it, it doesn't take one organization to bring the transformation that we need, the change that we want, you know. Uh, and perhaps an example is, you know, the African National Congress, right? Uh, over the years to the point that we brought about change in South Africa, it wasn't, the ANC was made out of multiple organizations and that brought about change that we now experience, right? Mm, mm. And I think it's for many of people in the South African entrepreneurship e ecosystem to understand that I'm not the best incubator. I'm not the best accelerator. I'm not the best VC, <laughs> you know. We know too little. In fact, if 80% of business fail within the first year, startups, and small growing businesses after three years, 60 or 70% fail, then we've got to ask ourselves as an entrepreneurship support organization or network, what role do I have in this fail? <laughs> Mm, and I mm. think this is where people don't ask the question because mm. people go, I'm the best organization, you know. Mm, and mm. I think it's not about that, you know. We've got to understand what the end goal is for our economy. Uh, there's a, uh, Clem Santa wrote a, a, a thing about maybe 2014 or 2011, somewhere around there, that he predicted by 2030, we need to create 15 million new jobs. He predicted that by 2021-22, we will have 60% unemployment of youth. We don't look at these things because we wake up and we think about, can I win this business from that person? Can I get that entrepreneur from there? You know, all these successes, right? And it's not a collaborative approach towards, you know, um, solving the bigger problem. You know, and it's funny because we always ask an entrepreneur, so what problem are you solving? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and who are you working with? Right. 
Who are you collaborating with? And we never ask that question for ourselves. Mm. You know? Quite interesting. So, so, so for me, that's the, that's, you know, that's unfortunately the challenge that we have is that, you know, everyone is after the spot that is created by the black economic empowerment policy. It's a huge pot. It's 12 billion, right? S people say it's 34 billion. Others say 155 billion. I don't know it anymore. But we've got to have data because yeah. if we don't have the data, right, clever entrepreneurs, and they are business owners, they're going to jump from one enterprise development program to another. You will buy a truck. I will buy a bucky. <laughs> mm. You will do the website, etc. That's duplication of resources. Mm. Mm. You know, mm. and mm. so we need to understand our role as entrepreneurship support organizations and entrepreneurship on on support networks. Is how do we create three million small business owners, including startups? that creates employment for the 30-odd million people that can work in South Africa. Now, Hilton, just, just, un just, just unpack what, so what do you sort of think are, I don't know, some of the top challenges? I mean, you've interacted with hundreds and thousands of entrepreneurs. What are the common themes or the common mistakes or challenges that entrepreneurs keep facing or they keep making that they should be working through? In your view? You know, I always felt that my businesses failed when I didn't have the power of seven. Okay. Right? So, in business, um, you need to have a legal resource. Right? And we always say that lawyers are complicated and they're expensive. The reality is that they're actually cheap. You can subscribe for 60, 70 rand a month and, and you have a legal advisor. You know? Now, law is complex, so you might not need all the guy's knowledge, but um, as an entity, it's a legal entity, right? You need to have a, a legal advisor, right? You don't see him every day. One of the big reasons why small businesses and startups fail is they don't know their numbers. They know how to buy the cup and sell the cup, right? Uh, so you make a profit, but there's a lot more things that goes into your numbers, and so you need a you need a financial guy, you need an accountant, a bookkeeper, you know, you need a CA based on you know the growth of your business, right? More critical is that you need mentors. Now, mentors are people that you can buy a cup of coffee or lunch. You don't pay them. South Africa. We have grown over the last 26 years as a community because of mentorship, right? I go to my uncle, I go to someone I know, and I say, I've, you know, can you help me? I want to go into this career. I want to start this business. And it's just free, right? So we misunderstand that, but mentors is very critical around you, right? Then you need coaches, behavioral coaches, leadership coaches, because as you take the responsibility of employment, you have to realize that when you employ someone, there's a family that benefits out of that. Mm. You're not just paying a salary. <laughs> You're creating an entire wealth, a legacy, because of that salary. 
people can send their kids to school, you know, get better uh, health, edu- health services, and all kinds of other things. So there's a responsibility, and you've, you, there's, a, there's, a, there's a form of character that you need for that. So you need coaches, right? We all know that businesses grow because they have, because of business advisors. Businesses advisors ask you what is it that you want to do and keep you accountable. They don't run your business for you, right? Mm. But it's the guy that ha- you can have a conversation with and they take those blinkers away from you. Sometimes we need management consultants so they fall into the same space, right? Um, they run the business because you don't know anything about, you know, uh, 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 f- for example, a specific uh, IP that you need to kind of register. That's not what you do, but you get a management consultant to do that for you. You know, yeah. Um, and then, of course, you need an ambassador, right? Uh, growth wheel um, globally. You know, we've expanded our our footprint because we have early adopters, people that really like what we do. You know, uh, and they might not be our customer, or sometimes they are customer. In the context of South Africa, uh, Cecil and DTI brought us to South Africa in 2012. Um, they found that it worked for their organization, uh, for their uh, SMMEs that they did in 2012, 2013, 2014. And they then inspired a whole lot of other people, you know, to contact us and then enter into license agreement with us. Um, that particular group then inspired, you know, the Small Enterprise Development Agency in 2015 to explore and ask the ecosystem what is it that you want to use so you need those customers and the ambassadors you know to take your brand outside yes we can use social media we could put it outside but i think your customers is your is your bigger you know biggest ambassadors and then lastly right sometimes um you know we are really good sound engineers we that's what we do right but you have a guy that goes out and he's got the gift of the gap. He can get you the business. Because often as entrepreneurs, we can sell ourselves out of opportunities. Because we know too much about our craft. Yeah. And so we then sell a technical solution instead of a value creation solution. And I think this is where we also misunderstand, you know, uh, some of the challenges. So that power of seven for me is entrepreneurship is a lonely road. But you don't have to do it alone. If you understand the resource partners around you, then you can always benefit from that ecosystem. And of course, that's why the entrepreneurship support organizations in the context of South Africa is so important. But when they compete with one another, then that's not great for the entrepreneurs. Yeah. But now tell me something then, as we're close to wrapping up, so you touched on a very important topic, right? Mentorship. Why is mentorship important? How can I as a small business owner identify the right mentor? And how do I keep that relationship well maintained? Because oftentimes you find entrepreneurs say, I want a mentor and they come and they say, Hilton, you're such a great guy. I've got this business idea. What do you think I must do? You know, and that becomes, it's not a mutually beneficial relationship. Maybe just unpack that for us. Uh, you know, I, I, I figure it's also about the, it starts with a mentor, right? It's whether that particular mentor have decided to give back, right? So if you look at, you know, um, career mentors, um, you know, 
those guys, they, they love the profession, particularly in engineering, right? Is that if there's an, another guy that wants to enter the engineering world, they're going to mentor that guy, you know, five or six guys. Um, in the entrepreneurship ecosystem, when I own a business, this thing is complex. It's not about winning a tender and off you go, you know. It's, as I said, you know, we often fail when we don't understand what's, what's ahead of us. And so talking to mentors that has owned businesses, that's been successful, that has walked the road, is about getting from that particular mentor, right, um, ideas and also use cases, right, um, and also learn from their mistakes. The mentor is not going to keep you accountable, right? He's just going to say, look, I went there and I said this and this is what I did and this is how I did it, right? And then you need to take that back. I think it's important to recognize your mentors, right? But you've got to take your mentor conversation to your business advisor. Mm, okay. You've okay. got to take your mentor conversation if you're talking to a an industry leader to your leadership coach. And then, of course, mentors don't charge you, right? So you've got to then take those successes when next time when you see your entrepreneur, ah, your mentor, is, is say to him, you know, we had this conversation and this came out of that. I went to my business advisor. Yeah. I went to my legal advisor. I went to my accountant, you know, I went to my man, I went to my leadership coach and this is what came out of it. And you know what was interesting? Is that learning that I have, I want to give that back to you. It's not that I yeah. disrespect yeah. your, you know, your your experience and this mentorship journey, but I've learned something that I could share with you. But and I think I think I cut you off there. <laughs> but sorry about that. But now tell me something, right? Growth Wheel is such a powerful platform. What are the benefits? How do I join Growth Wheel as an entrepreneur? And what are the top, I don't know, benefits or features for me as a small business owner or as a business owner? So I'm like, we've, we've had a decade-long journey um, in South Africa, you know, since 2012, but, you know, we've been incorporated since, 20, since 2006. And so we've learned over the last uh, six years that business planning is such a such a critical thing with within any business and so for us that happens with a business advisor and a group of mentors yeah. right? so it's always the intermediate you know 90% uh, of all businesses that access growth will in South Africa uh, they get access to that for free when they connect to one of our certified and licensed business advisors or support organizations, right? And so those things are available on, on, on our website. Um, and so, you know, if the guy wants to get access, uh, you know, he needs to find one of our partners. He can go to our website and we can refer them to, to, to one of our partners. And what's the website? Oh, or rather, best way of getting in touch with you, is it strictly through the website? It's growthful.com. Growthful.com, guys. It's as simple as that. But Hilton, before we wrap up, you're such a wealth of knowledge, actually. This needs uh, episode number part two, part three, part four, actually. <laughs> what are your 
I think anything you've ever wanted an entrepreneur to know, you know, what are your words of wisdom or a message to any entrepreneur, whether it's related to now, whatsoever? I think in the context of South Africa and Africa is that you need to have a Jedi mindset. And so what is that? Uh, we start a business because they have an idea and opportunity, but essentially is to create justice for us, right? Uh, we have a, a history on the continent, right? That comes from a really bad <laughs> history, right? And so we want to gain equity in the pie in South Africa, on the African continent. So you must, you, you know, have, have a purpose of justice, you know, gain equity in the ecosystem, but share that equity, have diversity, you know. We, we, we progress when we have other people that we collaborate with and from different parts of society. And I think, you know, the other one is inclusion. Yeah. We've got to look at low-wealth communities as untapped opportunities. And so that Jedi mindset enables you to collaborate and have a principle of co-opetition yeah. instead of killing the next guy. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Hilton, 10 years. Tennyson. Tennyson. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. <laughs> I told him. <laughs> um, growth Wheel. Growthwheel.com. Um, join them. Check them out. And yeah, I think also look out for Hilton at tea. We're going to be having him at tea in the month of November. I love tea. So I think <laughs> just follow follow the work. And thank you so much, guys, for listening. But I think the most important thing, build that ecosystem. Build the right sort of co collaboration. And I think the biggest thing I've learned today is co-op attition you are such a wealth of wisdom guys um thanks for listening to the podcast cheers see you next week cheers guys that's it for today if you like that podcast show us some love and share it with your network once again follow us on all of our social media platforms hashtag join us for tea and please subscribe to our youtube channel shout out to joe public for making this possible remember sisonke rikaufela and foster